I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of Look on the Bright Side. Another week, another chance to take some time out and listen to some feel-good stories. And of course, another three fascinating interviews with people doing some great stuff during the lockdown. Thanks for joining us and I hope your week has been okay. As we're edging closer to a new normal, it's important to remember that it doesn't mean we should stop checking in on people, making sure they're okay and being a friendly face or voice for them and others. On this week's podcast, we're joined by one of the founders of Pin Your Thanks, an initiative with big name star support from the likes of Kira Knightley, Stephen Fry, Emma Thompson, Joe Lysett and Anushka Shankar to name just a few. We have a musical interlude in the show with a lockdown song helping to raise money for end youth homelessness and we end with Eyesore, an online collection bringing together global contributions as we all move through the lockdown together. First though, the campaign you've no doubt seen across your social media this past week. Joining us on the podcast today is Clive Little, the founder of Hashtag Pin Your Thanks. Clive, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, good to talk. Before we get into your story of hashtag pin your thanks, what was life like for you before the pandemic? What was your what was your daily life like? Uh, I try and help businesses in the creative industries um, sort of improve themselves and re-strategize and look at what they're doing. Uh, so it was relatively busy. I'd just been involved in a big project in uh, Northern Ireland, uh, which involved a dark sky observatory and uh, uh, some creative work over there. Um but obviously, as the the lockdown came in, because I'm I'm paid as a freelancer, most of my clients had to sort of take the call that they couldn't be paying me to give them advice while not paying their own staff uh, to do their own things. Well, let's get into hashtag pin your thanks. Where did the idea come from? The idea actually came out of a volunteering group that uh, I helped to co-found uh, with a group of others down in Nunhead uh, in South London. That grew very quickly, up to about 1,800 volunteers currently. And we are out in the community trying to support people as much as we can in various ways, be it through shopping, be it through um, just talking to people, making sure people aren't feeling isolated. Mm. Uh, we're providing hot meals across the area. Um, and, you know, the, the I suppose the key thing and, you know, people have asked what the inspiration has been for Pin Your Thanks. It's not really inspiration. It's you know, I noted and other people noted a need for a way for people to say thank you. 
So lots of the people that we help, they call up. And uh, one of the things they're really keen to find out is sort of like, how can they say thank you specifically to their volunteer? Um, but of course, it, opinion thanks isn't just about volunteers. It's about all sorts of people. So that was really the sort of identifier of how do we find a way that people, an affordable way that people can say thank you that sort of has a, you know, is lasting um, and is personal and heartfelt. So that's really where the idea was born. I just started brainstorming about how, you know, how and what and why, um, you know, thinking through all the normal things like certificates, which I really just didn't think were appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. And especially, you know, taking the, the sort of the standpoint of it shouldn't be our volunteering group, although we're all volunteers, thanking volunteers. It should be those people who are, you know, asking us consistently how to font- how to thank their volunteers, thanking volunteers. I think you've really put your finger on the pulse of the nation here of everyone feels like they're really desperate to say thank you somehow. Like every time there's an opportunity to say thank you, it feels like a lot of people try to try to get on that opportunity, whether it's applauding, whether it's donating. I really get the feeling that everyone is trying really hard to say thank you. And that is why I think pin your thanks is such a good idea. How does it work exactly? Well, I think there's, there's, firstly, there's an important point to note there, which is there have been lots of opportunities to thank. And for example, Thursday evenings at eight o'clock have been, you know, amazing and inspirational and all of those things, but they've really been about thanking the NHS and mm. care workers. And absolutely, you know, that's needed and has been brilliant. But what that doesn't do is thank some of those people who, you know, who also need thanking. So, you know, just reeling a few off, uh, you know, teachers who've had to try and teach children every day in really awkward mm-hmm. circumstances um, to, you know, sons or daughters who've been supporting their, you know, maybe their elderly parents, you know, to volunteers, which is obviously, you know, where um, sort of my ideas came into it. Um, key workers, uh, neighbours, you know, just friends who've helped people, you know, be it, supporting them through some maybe mental health troubles or some real anxieties during the lockdown through to getting shopping. Um, you know, there've been many, many different people who've really, you know, done sort of selfless things and, you know, pin your thanks is trying to get all of those people thanked as opposed to just sort of various sectors, which a lot of the other um, sort of thanking initiatives mm. have done. Mm. Exactly. I think that's why it's so important that it can really, in, like you said, apply to anyone that you really want to give thanks to. It's really a size that fits all. So how does it work exactly? Uh, it's quite simple. We, well, this is, I suppose the complicated bit was getting the uh, the people of note, the celebrities, the stars, whatever you want to call them, involved. Um, you know, and that took a lot of talking, a lot of connections. Um, but ultimately, they've all come on board and they have all designed their own unique pin badges. And those pin badges are available to buy from pinyourthanks.org. And people pay £5 plus postage and packing, and they are able to send their badge to the person that has helped them or they feel are their pandemic heroes, um, or they can have them delivered to themselves and they can give them to them uh, by hand. The other sort of unique bit is we are allowing people or giving people the opportunity to um, add thanks 
on the actual uh, pin badge card. So they they type in their message of thanks. And if you go to um, pinyourthanks.org, there are a number of uh, example thank yous that we've received. And those get printed on the back of the card. So when the person receives it, there is a true heartfelt thank you that goes along with it, you know, as, as well as just the token of thanks, which the badge is, you know, represents. I can just imagine having a badge show up and how much it would mean to that person. It's such a nice personal touch. You also mentioned there the huge array of big names that have gotten involved. I mean, just looking at the list here, there's Kira Knightley, Ringo Starr, Joe Lyser. It's it's just amazing. So Clive, what does Pin Your Thanks actually stand for? Well, I think there are three core sort of reasons or pillars or whatever you want to call it the pin your thanks exists and the primary one is absolutely about getting as many you know pandemic heroes or people that have supported or volunteers or whatever you want to call them um thanked in a really personal and heartfelt but also a lasting way because you know things like the clapping are are amazing but they're they're sort of transient they come and they go and having something physical where somebody's left you a you know a message of thanks in two years time five years time ten years time i think is a really uh, lovely positive thing um the second is obviously to raise as much money for our charities as we can and our two charities are volunteering matters who um support and get people engaged in volunteering all across the uk and also nhs charities together and then our third sort of thing that we try and amplify is that you know we're really conscious and we've now experienced both through the volunteering group that I was involved with or I'm involved with Nunhead Knox and through what we've done with Pin Your Thanks is that sort of volunteering and supporting and helping can really genuinely improve um, people's lives and you know help to build those communities and one of the really significant things we've seen with um, some of our volunteers is how it's helped them in such a positive way with their mental health so you know we have a couple of people who were you know really really withdrawn and were finding it really difficult to communicate uh, at the beginning of all of this and you know they are different people change people and i think that's you know an incredibly positive thing to come out of um you know, a campaign like this. Thank you so much for joining me on Look on the Bright Side, Clive. You're most welcome. It's been great to talk to you. Obviously, just before we sign off, I'd love to thank um, all of the celebrities, uh, public figures, famous famous faces, whatever you want to call them, uh, and all of our volunteers and everybody that's been involved and supported us um, and enabled that to happen from, from me and also our other two co-founders, uh, Matt and Jenny. Thanks again to Clive. It's always great to hear from someone so passionate and what a great cause it is. So at Look on the Bright Side, we are all about collaborations for amazing projects when people from different backgrounds with different experience come together to create something amazing. And that is exactly what we're featuring today. We're here to speak to Nick, who is the MD of End Youth Homelessness. Hey, Nick. Hey. And we're also joined by Rosie, Yoshi and Thomas, who are of Sofa Revolution Project. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hi. So, Nick, if we could start off with you as the MD of End Youth Homelessness, when news of the pandemic came, what were your first concerns? I wish I could distill my thoughts into something that I could put into an interview. It was, um, I didn't know what to, to worry about first to be completely honest, because mm-hmm. obviously I knew there was going to be a big impact 
on the organization that I run and the organizations that I support. But ultimately, it's all about the young people. And it was, became apparent very quickly that they would be really struggling in this situation. Struggling in what way? Sorry, I know that sounds really obvious, but obviously it's a struggle anyway. What about the pandemic really heightened certain struggles? Um, I think the, the biggest thing for, for young, homeless young people is social isolation and mm. the pressures that that can bring. And when you start thinking about um, people just generally isolating from each other uh, and not being able to do the normal human interactions, then you, you start to worry that those young people rely on a, a key worker coming in to see them. You know, they rely mm. on being able to talk to the few young people that live in the same shared house as them. If they're isolated from them and they're not able to use digital technology to communicate with each other, because they don't have data or they don't have Wi-Fi, mm. they don't even have the hardware in the first place, then you start thinking uh, really quite bad thoughts and you know, where is this going to go? And when you're talking about tens of thousands of young people, many of whom already have existing mental health problems, they don't have work colleagues in most cases, they don't have work colleagues or classmates to turn to, they don't have family to turn to, um, yeah, you, you start to think this this could escalate quite quickly. So how did you go about addressing this issue of support networks? What was your plan going forwards? Well, our members um, just really sprung into action. You know, in, in a crisis, you see the best of people sometimes. Mm, and, um, absolutely. Where schools were shutting down and uh, there was great concern about PPE in hospitals and all the rest of it, our, the staff from our member charities just went out there and got on with it on a day-to-day basis. Um, They didn't have huge squadrons of procurement professionals buying them stuff. They didn't really know what the levels of risk that they were getting into, but they just did it. So young people have been looked after. Um, They they worked around and started trying to use digital technology where possible in a way that they'd never done before. they scrimped and saved. They went and spoke to businesses and tried to get free data, tried to get free phones. They tried to do absolutely mm. everything. So in the space of a couple of months, they went from having sort of no, none of their services and the things that they did online to great, large amounts of it online. So young people were able to access counselling online which they'd never done before they were getting advice around jobs they were getting advice around the general life skills and things all delivered over zoom or house party or whatever their their method was and you know for a long time we've assumed that face-to-face was the best way to deliver services to um sort of vulnerable disadvantaged young people Uh, and you know that's been based on decades of experience And in this couple of months, it's turned that around. And we've realized that some young people engage far better in these when it's digital, when it's virtual. And the young people that may prefer face to face were actually able to get used to it. And once they've adapted, they're they're getting involved more than ever. So there was a huge panic. There was a great deal of work, but we've come out of it with some really important learnings and 
fortunately, hopefully young people are in, in a good place. That's so interesting. Uh, you know, the fact that there are some learnings out of that that you perhaps didn't expect going into it. And obviously, at one stage, you had to look external for support, because obviously, fundraising now is more important than ever. And that's where Rosie, Yoshi and Thomas came into the picture. Rosie and Yoshi are the founders of the Sofa Revolution Project. How did you guys get involved with End Youth Homelessness? So me and Yoshi are old um, university friends and we've been collaborating for years, um, kind of on and off. And, and actually, when, when lockdown first hit, we found ourselves, um, well, Yoshi actually invited me down kindly um, to spend lockdown with her um, in Kent at her parents' house. Um, and it kind of initially we sort of we sort of felt all those different phases of kind of, you know, the crisis, the kind of fear mm. and the anxiety and the, the worry. But but being kind of creative collaborators and also you know best friends um mm. we started kind of sort of feeling those old creative juices coming back you know with the kind of time stretch ahead of you um mm-hmm. that you've got and 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 started to really play around with the idea of kind of writing a song and, and I'd never done that before and Yoshi's a, a singer and a, a musician um and so but I'm I've written plays so this kind of was a nice bit of a a meeting of kind of both of our sort of um skill sets and once we'd sort of played around with the song, um, it became quite apparent to us that, you know, lockdown really is such a pivotal part of, or your lockdown home is such a pivotal part of everyone's experience. And we found ourselves mm-hmm. writing about a topic that we we're both feeling quite acutely, which was the place we were in, the boredom, the everyday. But it really just hit us, actually, like kind of out of nowhere, that there were, you know, a huge proportion of, um, an unfair proportion of the UK that don't have a roof over their heads and don't have somewhere safe to be. And actually how with lockdown and everyone going behind closed doors, the tap of resources such as food and money and medical supplies would have surely dried up. And actually, you know, um, kind of everyone sort of locked away means that those people that were vulnerable before that were maybe carving out opportunities for themselves would just would just be set back infinitely. So End Youth Homelessness is a charity that's close to both of our hearts. Um, actually got some people that, that that kind of work there that we know very well and um we reached out as kind of seeing an opportunity um we reached out seeing an opportunity to actually use this song for for real good and and kind of drive it forward to make some impact not only bringing kind of joy and silliness to people that maybe were struggling with lockdown maybe where they were based but 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 really waste mm. yeah as I said some critical awareness for those people that don't have a roof over their heads and so that's kind of how the marrying of the two happened. I mean it's just a match made in heaven really and then obviously once you had the song you wanted to add visuals to it which is how Thomas came into the picture is that right? Yeah exactly I think when Yoshi and Rosie first started to put some words down on paper um, and start jamming it. I got sent a couple of, uh, I think, like WhatsApp audio clips and, uh, and videos, which were very, very funny and very never like, to be shared. <laughs> of course, of course. And uh, and yeah, Yoshi and Rosie asked if I would be interested in in putting together some video um, with them, and obviously that idea uh, immediately um, felt very appealing, but has some quite difficult uh, implications in that I wouldn't be able to come down to Kent and film it. Um, so it was a, it was a learning process for all of us in figuring out how to sort of build a new workflow and, and create a video completely remotely. Mm. And actually, I think, as Nick was saying earlier, um, by going to a, to a digital environment, it wasn't so much a limitation. It actually opened up a lot of opportunities for us. 
mm. in getting people involved from all over the world actually in, in laying down music and recording parts because all of a sudden people could do stuff in their own time in their own houses um, mm. and, and send stuff over and then we could bring all of these elements together um, very organically and without having to actually be in the same space I mean the logistics must have been uh, must have been complex to pull something like this off but it's <laughs> obviously you know it's for a fantastic cause and we're, we're so happy that you did it so uh, Yoshi what was the fundraising goal that you set out to achieve and how close are you to achieving that so we set out um, when we were making the Just Giving page, page um, before the song was was even finished or the video been made we we set it up as as £10,000 was our goal um, which in hindsight, we realised it's, it's quite a high amount, but I, we were really kind of happy to to aim high. Um, mm-hmm. We, I think, we're at about two thousand three hundred now. I don't know what the exact wow. figure is. Um, so, and and sp- having spoken to people who work at End Youth Homelessness, it was really exciting. Um, Charles Milner was telling us that kind of the the real effects of of that amount of money and, and what that could do. You're only at the beginning. And I just think raising that much amount of money at the beginning is just such an incredible achievement. Uh, where can we go to donate? Where can we go to help? So if you go to, you can go to the website, which is uh, Um And on there, you can access the video. Um, and also there's a link to the Just Giving page um, and also to our Instagram and, and Twitter and and, th- and and an email address to get in touch um, if anybody wants to. So Nick, Rosie, Yoshi and Thomas, thank you so much for joining me on Look on the Bright Side. And I'm so pleased to say we actually have a clip of your song. So Yoshi, if you'd like to introduce it and see us out with it. Okie dokie. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, this is Sofa Revolution uh, by Yoshi and Rosie. Enjoy. Thank you all so much for joining me on Look on the Bright Side. Thank you so much. is Sofa Revolution supporting End Youth Homelessness. The website again is sofarevolution.co.uk. We'll be back after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We've seen an incredible amount of interest in podcasts at the moment, and there's no surprise whether you need to pick me up, a bit more connection, or just a bit of time to yourself. Now, as well as listening to Look on the Bright Side, we have another recommendation for you this week, and this is for the parents. Made by Mamas is a podcast all about lifting the veil on parenting, whether it's celebrities with their true stories, or an expert giving valuable advice, or even just getting to hear Zoe and Georgia, those are the hosts, talk about their favourite products and new experiences. Now is quite a difficult time to be a parent so they've even increased their episodes to two per week not just to help you get through it but help you to thrive on it just search made by mamas wherever it is you found this podcast so i am joined on the podcast today by the founders of isor which we're going to get into in just a second nina vukadin and theo plitus thank you so much for joining us thank you for having us thanks for having us yes so where are we speaking to you both where are you both based right now um, I'm right now in Vienna, in Austria. And I'm in London, in the UK. So let's talk about ISOR. Now, this existed actually before the pandemic. Theo, do you want to tell us how this came to start with in the first place? Yeah, um, ISOR was created by a few of us, actually. Me and Nina aren't the main founders. It's more, it started on our last year of university. And mm. we felt we needed to create a space for people to voice their opinion on cities and the urban life mm. or more or less the landscape around us really. There wasn't like a platform where we could feel like connected to the stories, connected to the different points of view that actually are all about what creates a city. So it created as a magazine at first. It's very organic, the process of ISOL. And then when news of the pandemic came round, you obviously adjusted the structure slightly to match this. Nina, how did you go about adjusting ISOR to match the current climate? So actually, it's been probably about a year and a bit since we haven't published anything because uh, we've been actually restructuring ISOR for a while um, mm. because we've been doing a lot more talks and events. But I think when the pandemic came around, it was actually... Uh, a convenient time to do something digital because we were in the process of redesigning our website. Mm. And I think we always are interested in how people are experiencing their environment, their present. And we felt this time is really a unique time because it's like a worldwide shared experience in a way. And it's the beginning of something that will have changes in our future. But we wanted to record it in a way that was authentic to how people are just experiencing day to day. So not mm -hmm. from any overly political or like we didn't want to have a, a, any kind of agenda to it. So we wanted to create mm -hmm. quarantine space where anyone from any age, profession, walk of life can submit what they're doing, thinking, making during mm -hmm. this period. And we publish pretty much everything. Uh, our only requirement is that it's made during this period. Um, I mean, we review it every two weeks and the space itself will be running on for another year or so. I think it's exciting to see um, what people are doing, how they're adapting to this time, 
and also Mm -hmm. how they're thinking about it. We also added a question at the end of every submission, which is um, what is something you'd like to do that you can't right now? So it's really Mm -hmm. beautiful to see also the responses to that because uh, like we were just speaking earlier, me and Theo, that uh, common thing is actually that a lot of people said they would want to hug someone. Um, which is really sweet. I can totally identify with that. I mean, that's something that I'm definitely missing at the moment is just a really good hug. I mean, one thing that's just so interesting to me about this is how it's completely turned my perspective on what's happening at the moment completely on its head because I've never considered what's happening at the moment to be one of the biggest unifying experiences across the entire world of, you know, perhaps our lifetimes that's almost everyone on the globe is having a very similar experience, which is really, really unique. Is that something that really struck you, Theo? Yeah, I think that's exactly what motivated us to create this space online, because although all of us are on lockdown to a certain degree, we all are connected by this pandemic. And for me, and for a lot of people, this is the first time that we have a general point of connection. And the way we react to this point of connection is, is also very different individually. I feel that what Squantum Space is trying to achieve is to show that actually, even if life is not normal at the moment, humans have this amazing creative you know, capacity to, to make the most of certain situations. And that that should be the way, the thing that links us all together. So Quarantine Space is currently open for submissions. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask, have you received any submissions yet that have really made you think? I think definitely my, so a good friend of mine, Barney, um, who I actually was, I definitely like was putting some peer pressure on him to submit something, but mainly because I think I saw what he was doing and I felt like he really blossomed during this quarantine. Um, but he, he writes recipes and things like that. So I thought he would maybe submit a recipe or a photograph or something like that. But he actually submitted two pieces of text, which I found really inspiring and really thoughtful about how he was experiencing this time. And one of them was about, um, you know, kind of ac- accepting that this time is a time where we, like, we can also do nothing and not have to be productive if we mm-hmm. have, like, if we're able to do so. And another one is also on kind of embracing failures and, um, you know, looking at things that maybe when you when you you don't do something right, it actually like um, it can be a continuation to something good. And I think that was quite um, I really enjoyed reading that. But I think what was more uh, enjoyable for me was after he submitted twice, he um, actually spoke to me and like kind of thanked us for giving him the space to submit this work because this actually encouraged him for his own writing. And Mm -hmm. for me, that alone was amazing because I felt like we made the space that, you know, like people felt like they were encouraged to write and, Mm -hmm. and felt happy doing it. And for me, that was actually like, I felt really happy hearing that. I mean, that is incredible. I bet you're both just so excited to see what's going to come in because I can imagine it will be just beyond what we could all imagine at all. So how can we submit to quarantine space? It's quite easy. Um, I mean, we're trying to make it quite easy. So you have to go on our website, which is isaw.co.uk. And on our website, we have a little page that says quarantine space. And all the submission guidelines are on there. It's really, we invite anyone and everyone to submit to this space. Because I think that's the most interesting aspect of it, is that we never know what format the submission is going to come in. 
Um, talking about that actually is, I think it's important to, to tell people that may want to submit in the future to the space is that you can submit anything and it can be as short as one word, as long as like a thousand, and it can be a, a music piece, it can be a film piece, it can be personal experience, a criticism, a doodle, it can be anything really. And we really, really push people to just not be afraid and take away this idea of judgment that maybe our society puts on us. Yeah, we like to refer to the quarantine space as your uh, personal scrapbook diary. That is wonderful. Nina and Theo of Eyesore, thank you so much for joining me on Look on the Bright Side. Thanks thank for you us. for having us. Thanks for listening and taking a bit of time to look on the bright side with us. Please help spread the good news by sharing Look on the Bright Side with a friend or family member. Let's help everyone through this tough time and beat it together. If you've got a story you think we should be featuring, then send us an email. We'll put the address in the podcast description for you. We'll be back next week, but before we go, we wanted to end with the words of Roy T. Bennett. Never lose hope. Storms make people stronger and never last forever. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.